0: Hello, and welcome to Making Sense. My name is Somnath Batavial, and my guest today is Scott Newton, head of the School of Law, Gender and Media at SOAS. Amongst all the formidable colleagues that we have assembled at this institution, Scott is truly a polymath. He speaks several languages fluently, including Russian and French, reads widely across disciplines, and in our conversation today, We move across space and time discussing philosophy, law, and the coming age of transhumanism. We start by talking comparative legal systems, move on to the question of fairness and justice in law, and whether a new AI Bill of Rights might indeed be the dawn of a world more just. And as you might guess with any academic discussion today, we talk critical race theory. Scott Newton, welcome to Making Sense. Scott, I want to start by mentioning a great philosopher we lost last month, Charles W. Mills. I mention Mills not only to pay homage to the man who was a great influence on me when I first moved into academia, but also because in all his works, especially in the racial contract, there is this critique of liberalism with its pretense to universalism, which Mills breaks down in your work I find a very similar strain and I want to talk about your quite monumental book making of the Soviet world where you say and if I may quote you neoliberalism in its false universalism is coming undone amidst the aftershocks of the financial crisis with the consequence that the field of imaginable institutional alternatives to market capitalism is opening out again perspectively and respectively. How does the study of legal systems, comparatively, Soviet or other legal systems, uh, help in breaking out or thinking of alternatives to the liberal world which we now
1: have? Well, that's an interesting question. It's posed at the right institution. It may not be posed to the right interlocutor, but it's certainly posed at the right institution. Um, but you—I I mean you, you set me thinking with the reference... To Mills, who's who's, who's uh, passing too, I think it's important to mark and mourn. Um, and it's interesting. I I, I mean, Mills is uh, certainly not unsung, but he's undersung. I mean, he's in, insufficiently appreciated. I think, particularly among lawyers, which is a bit odd, because you know you mentioned the racial contract, and that is a, 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 that's a that's a kind of. Um, uh, Updated and and, 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 and uh, critically and, and, and racially informed Rousseau, right? So it's 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 a kind of uh, it, it's it's a um, it, it's a it's a critique of contractarian philosophy, but in a, in a very clever and disarming way. It's not the sort of standard critique of contractarianism, and it
0: prioritizes a legal framework, even though he is not a lawyer. or yes, a legal a med, scholar. It, yes,
1: but much as Rousseau did, it's a sort of you know, it's a meta legal framework. Yeah. With a you know, and there are other examples of that, John Rawls, I and mean, the, but the way he you know takes it apart and, and, and confronts it um, and exposes you know the the the, the, the set of sort of underlying, unspoken, unacknowledged, but nonetheless, you know, always already in force, racial terms of everything else, you know, is just stunning. I mean, you know, and and and, uh, you know, bear in mind that uh, that that, that um, Mills was a philosopher. I mean, was that was his discipline? He wasn't a a social theorist or a lawyer. Um, but I, you know, the, 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 in this. Yeah, at this moment of 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 uh, Black Lives Matter and, and and the sort of coming into its own of critical race theory, except in Virginia, um, I think it's you know, it, it 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 it's really important to acknowledge um, the, the the extraordinary critical turn um, that he accomplished. Now, you know, what is it thirty years ago? Yeah, nineteen ninety. Yeah, early early nineties. Yeah. 90s yeah. But
0: to come back to the question, yes. Scott, you yeah. have gone around sorry, and, and praised Mills just, as you should be. Yes, but I, I how, do we, how does the study of comparative legal systems, uh, your study of the Soviet system, um, how does it bring us to understanding possibilities to liberalism?
1: Well, it's interesting because it, you know, lawyers particularly... Uh, the, the, the comparison in law is a, is, 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 is a uh, problematic notion, um, I mean, the field of comparative law once meant basically, you know, the law on opposite sides of of La Manche, right? It was, you know, civil law and common law, and that was, you know, that was divided the globe, which is, a, you know, an extraordinarily arrogant species of false universalism, which you rightly identified as, you know, a, 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 a uh, an implacable enemy. Actually, it's universalism that's the enemy. Yes, indeed, of any sort, <laughs> an implacable enemy, but. False universalism. I I mean, it's actually that's false universalism is something of a pleonasm because I've yet to come across an authentic universalism. But setting that aside for a moment, so comparison was, you know, comparative law was really parochial. It was basically common law versus civil law, Uh, and a wonderful manifestation of Freud's narcissism of minor differences. You know, because everybody fetishized the, um, you know, the, the inquisitorial. Versus the adversarial mode of justice, etc. Um, obviously, I mean comparative law has now been expanded and you know to take in um, multiple other systems of law, including non-Western systems of law. Um, but I the, the 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 reason I sort of fastened on on um, Soviet laws an interesting exercise in comparison and an insufficiently sort of investigated and explored and thought through exercise in comparison i thought was because um you know the the, the 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 soviets didn't really come up with anything radically different which is perhaps interesting i mean they remain civilians to the end and soviet law is sort of recognizably civilian um and it's nothing you know it, it's nowhere near as 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 sort of Outre and um, and daring and you know bold as you might imagine it would have been it's fairly state and that 's because you know legal um, uh, legal concepts um are extraordinarily well legal concepts um legal arguments um legal formulations are all sort of extraordinarily path dependent right so they're you know um, the Soviets basically inherited a Germanic system, and they didn't scrap it; they just remade it and it's the remaking that I think is particularly interesting. It's the way they you know they, they managed to do very extraordinary and unusual things with a set of fairly you know uh, conventional and staid inherited forms so it's the kind of you know the way they 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 made those forms sufficiently plastic and elastic you know to accommodate their institutional um, and and, and, and uh, um, societal ambitions.
0: You know, when I was reading your book and I was thinking of Mills, there's one... Um, I also was looking at a lot of the British justice system. There was a comment from a modern-day Robin Hood, you know, Michael Gove, as when he was the Justice Secretary in 2015. He makes a very...
1: He's a, he's a reverse Robin Hood.
0: <laughs> you, know, you know that I'm being tongue-in-cheek. Uh, he says of the British justice system that it's it sta- would be gold standard... He's for the those... Sheriff of
1: Nottingham, actually. <laughs> Sorry. But...
0: Um, you're not letting me give you the beautiful code that this Sheriff of Nottingham <laughs> says. Uh, would be... He said the British justice system would be gold standard for those who could pay, but everyone else has to put up with a creaking, outdated system. So when I was thinking about the Soviet legal system, when I think of the American justice system, when I look at Michael Gove and his statements, and this is Michael Gove, uh, to somebody who's not in any way trained uh, in legality, the question jumps out, are legal systems, Russian, uh, Soviet or the US or anywhere else, the Indian, uh, are they designed to be unfair? Are they designed to be um, pro a particular class? Uh, Is that embedded in legal systems? And if so, uh, what is the connection with justice, with notions of fairness? I know it's a very simple question and it's a big question, but is there any relationship between justice and legal systems which deliver justice? Wow, yeah, that's <laughs> sorry. A, <laughs> I, you no, in
1: that's I From Michael Go to the, I mean, I will. I will. I mean, Michael, mean Gove, Michael
0: Gove and fairness doesn't you know, go together.
1: Ma- yeah, he sort of. That's an admission against interest, as it's known in the trade, right? Whether, although I, it's, but it's obviously a, a tactical admission against interest. Um, but I, I would say that all. Uh, I, I will carry over his adjective, though, because all legal systems are creaking, by right. definition. There's no such thing as a non-creaking um legal system simply because of 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 the path dependence that I alluded to before
0: so is this because of age it's creaking or is it because of expectations that it's
1: creaking? no it 's just because they've been around i mean they're you know they, 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 they um and they bear the 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 impress of their origins and their development um so look at the English common law, which is essentially a set of medieval or medievally medieval of medievally devised doctrines which you know um you know have been shaped and tweaked and recontoured but are still sort of medieval in origin and that's uh, so there's no legal system in that sense which is um polished and gleaming and brand new i mean they they they're all um organic and i suppose you know that's that, that, that's a blessing and a curse, um, but to pr- to bring it to- home to the point of of of, uh, uh, of justice, I mean, no, there's there's, I mean, justice systems are effectively injustice systems. Indeed, that, that's that's what I'm, you know. I'm, and when you look just, at it, it's really, it's a misnomer. It is a mis. It's like, you know, the the the, the uh, Holy Roman Empire. Holy Roman Empire was a treble misnomer because it was. Neither holy nor Roman nor an empire, right? So the um, yeah, I mean, justice systems are, are 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 a problem because they, you know, purport to um, render justice, and they are um, by and large fundamentally unjust or biased or discriminatory in the way they, not perhaps not by design, but certainly by function. Um, I mean, I think it, it, it you know wouldn't go overboard here in 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 in, in attributing um, all of this to a you know a malevolent designing intelligence, um, but you know legal systems are are are, are um, social ad- artifacts, social construct constructs. They reflect the 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 times and the minds and the hierarchies. Um, what's interesting, though, is that you know the, the legal systems. Um, supply, at least notionally, the, the the medicine for their own toxins. Right. So they, the, 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 um, it, those aspects of a legal system which are um, ultimately discovered or diagnosed or identified as rigged, biased, unjust, discriminatory, can then be sort of you know addressed and remedied. This
0: is interesting. You know, you, you bring me right to um, a conversation. But I don't want
1: to go overboard with this, okay? That beca- no, you but know, this, this sort of rejigging like, yeah. uh, you know,
0: and, and things that can be fixed. So um, nowadays, I think no academic discussion anywhere in the world um, can be complete without conversation around critical race theory. It seems to be ev- suddenly everywhere the way the right has hijacked it.
1: and That was the Virginia illusion before.
0: <laughs> yes, but look, it. I mean... A lot of early critical race theory was shaped by an attorney, Dr. Uh, Derek Bell, who having for decades fought civil rights cases, suddenly realised the entire system itself was unjust and biased against minorities, especially the blacks. And the reason, again, the reason I started thinking critical race theory and talking about your work on Soviet law, uh, I suddenly... Looked at some of the Paul Robeson quotes came up to me and um, I, I, you know flashed up somewhere on my internet, and he writes of the Soviet system as an alternative to American liberalism, and he says, when he is in Russia here for the first time in my life, I walk in full human dignity. So again, I go back.
1: When he sang in Russian Yes, he did.
0: So, have you? I mean, there was this one particular moment where it seemed that there was this utopia of something happening. But if all legal systems are unfair and unjust, and, and as we said, the justice itself becomes a misnomer, the term. The conversation I'm pushing you towards comes now is there is this moment when we are talking about an AI Bill of Rights you know, reconstituting, rethinking what, what was made in America in the 18th century. Uh, is there a moment for legals? Is there a case that legal systems can be reconstituted for the future, can be made fit for purpose? As you say, things kept shifting, moving around. But there's this major moment when we're t- talking about AI, transhumanism, that we're looking to a really radically different 21st century, and the new Bill of Rights in the U.S. Is, is being talked about. You know, it's not really out there, but conversation. Is there a moment that one thinks about that there is something might happen?
1: Well, I mean, this is, this goes back to the Soviet question you put, right? How far can you push legal ordering, I mean, as a thing? So what, what, how, what exactly can you do with law? You know, how creative, how imaginative, how innovative can you get? I mean, in some sense, that's an open question, but the idea, you know, the, 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 there's this, there's there's a belief, right, that, that 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 whatever comes up, you know, however extravagant, anomalous, bizarre, you know, on, hitherto unencountered, et cetera, can somehow nonetheless be um, regulated. Right. So, so, so the the system of regulation can somehow uh, keep up with you know the the the, the fecundity of uh, social phenomena that whatever is thrown up you know can be harnessed and and, and domesticated and ultimately regulated by law. And I, I I mean that's a it's an impossibility, well, in a, a theoretical th- sense. Well, the. I mean this goes back to the creakiness point right so there's you know legal systems in some sense show their 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 in their creakiness their cumulative and increasing creakiness precisely in this way because they have you know they don't have I mean whether it's you know um you know three donor in vitro fertilization or you know or, or AI I mean it was, it, just pick your favorite you know um emerging issue, phenomenon, um, you know, the belief is that somehow it can be subsumed under legal categories, existing legal categories, or those categories can be tweaked or expanded or, you know, necessary, augmented in order to, you know, catch hold of whatever this is, right? And I just, I mean, I think that's in some sense a false expectation, particularly if one takes one's transhumanism seriously. Right, so it's hard to. So I, it, it,
0: Did you know that there was a transhuman uh, political party in the UK since 2015? And it's it's an interesting manifesto they have. Um, as long as
1: it's not the the, the uh, what was it? it's not the is it the I, I can't remember. It's like the Cold Mountain manifesto. It's uh, from some years back. No, this, which, is, this which, is. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, it was, it was but this, a, is, the,
0: this is this uh, is an interesting one. You should look at it.
1: No, I will do. Thank you for that. But you you know, if you're going to be sort of appropriately and boldly transhuman, then you really have to question the efficacy of legal regulation and legal ordering generally going forward. Which is why I have problems with the rights of nature, right? Or you know, um, because if you're again, if you're serious about the new materialism, right, then 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 the idea that. The, the new materialism itself must somehow become subsumable under legal forms and categories is problematic, right? So, 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 uh, you know, the cosmos doesn't need your ordering, and legal ordering is pretty faltry and picayune. I love that line. The
0: cosmos doesn't need your human so that, interventions, so, right? So, it's,
1: it's, that's what I mean about taking your transhumanism seriously. So, if, why you know seek to regulate? the non-human extra-human a-human transhuman since you know regulation is a, such, such a supremely human and humanistic thing to do right so so the idea of transhumanist regulation or transhumanist legal ordering ordering by law i just find problematic
0: In 21st century democracy, where does the Supreme Court get its power from? Because it was supposed to be, what Alexander Hamilton says in the 18th century, the weakest of the three, right? Doesn't have the sword, doesn't
1: have the pen. Well, I mean, I, 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 beginning with John Marshall, I mean, and in, in the establishment of, of, of judicial review as a proper function of the Supreme Court, of legislation, that is, of congressional legislation. Um, the The... the, the, the um thereby uh, thereby acquiring the power to declare statutes unconstitutional, right? I mean, you could look at the history of the the, 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 the uh, us Supreme Court as a long and extended uh, case of empire building or mission creep. Um, so I, I mean over time the Supreme Court has become a, a vastly more powerful institution than it, it, it was imagined to be you know at its, at, at its designing. In, in 1787. Um, and that's, I, you know, and that's just a matter of, of of institutional dynamics, of social dynamics, political dynamics. I mean, that's, you know, so, so I, in some sense, invoking Hamilton, I mean, that's always the problem with arguments, or, originalist arguments, is that, you know, contexts have shifted radically and institutions now, uh, you know, have, 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 have um, become rather different to what
0: there they were, were imagined
1: no. and designed to be. So that's I and mean, that's one. No, response. I take, I take but, that point. But uh,
0: here is the other thing: the Stephen Breyer, Supreme Court Justice since 1994, is so worried about it that he writes a book, "The Authority of the Court and the Perils of Power," and this is recent. So I'm therefore the question that, given the present day context, are judiciaries not only in the U.S. This context remains in in England. Uh, this context remains in in
1: the global south. Are
0: is there a question around the power of the judiciary?
1: Well, I, I mean, look. As long as as, as we continue uh, to reserve a central place for the the the, the um, function of professional adjudication, of adjudication by professionally trained, as opposed to you know, lay decision making or lay adjudication, which we have, for instance, in the case of juries, right? But as long as we imagine that we are going to train up. A core of specially trained individuals, you know, who are empowered to make, you know, very consequential uh, decisions about um, disputes of all sorts, right? Constitutional disputes, um, all the way from constitutional disputes at, at the level of Supreme Court to 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 other more mundane sorts of disputes. Um, you know we're going to be running up against this problem, the, the, the kind of residual anomaly of, of of judiciaries. But I think that's that's a kind of standing issue. What's whereas the the U.S. case is, is 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 a manifestation of a very particular and latter day um, extension of you know the, this history of empire building or mission creep that I've been referring to. I mean, all institutions, you know, acquire power and 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 of. Start doing things that they were not initially set up to do, and branch out, and, and that's a, f- a familiar uh, that's a familiar pattern. But I think th- th- it's the, the the way in which the uh, U.S. Supreme Court has become politically charged or cathected in general discourse, which is distinctive here, and that's a function of you know, broader societal dynamics, and is and it's to this extent. Anomalous. I mean, I don't think that 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 certainly. I mean, neither in India nor the United Kingdom is the you know is is the appointment of justices to the Supreme Court a matter of uh, deep political controversy, commitment, uh, and, and 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 agitation the way it is in the States. And that's uh, so. It's it, 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 the way in which U.S. politics have uh, played into the sort of institutional empire-building game of this particular institution, the Supreme Court. Um, is distinctive, right? So, I, I, you know, I, I, and and it came to a crest in in in, in, um, in the Trump era. But I think that's entirely a function of a you know of a particular strategy of capture of the courts on the part of a particular set of 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 um, political actors, you know, the, the Republican Party and its allies. But, I, this grand strategy or scheme of, of 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 stemming the tide of democratic change, and in particular, uh, democratic change which is uh, in the interest of deracialization and 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 reversing the standing social power hierarchies. Um is uh, just a feature of the American political scene and of American political history. I don't think one sees that replicated in the same way in other places. So using the courts as kind of the uh, 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 the, the last uh, line of defense against um, uh, social democratization, which is you know itself a consequence of political democracy. So I think it, it, so, so, so the courts are instrumentalized as a kind of bulwark against uh, processes of, of, of social, um, racial, gender, sexual, etc. cetera, democratization. Um, and that's you know, very specific to the U.S. Con- context, and it instrumentalizes very specific features of the U.S. constitutional order.
0: We've traveled a long way today from 15th century social contractarians to present day the U.S. Uh, I'm going to now move into the personal. Scott Newton, the person. Uh, Much as, uh, you know, in our conversations, again, the lunch we had um, a few weeks back, I find you always in conflict zones. Sri Lanka in the 80s, Central Asia, the post-Soviet world, which fascinates you. Um, Is there something specific about... Conflict areas, and I say this carefully, which allows you to see society in a more elemental moment. Uh, does it's?
1: Well, I I think there's something uh, uh, both illuminating and instructive, um, and, and and for that matter, um, amenable to 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 to, to, to um, intervention and imagination, or you know, imaginative intervention. Um, or interventionist imagination in 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 conflict context because I think that's it's not so much you know a a a a a kind of you know reversion to 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 um, elements right that, 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 that the veneer is stripped off and you see people for what they are. Um, I mean, I think that's the wrong way of looking at conflicts. I um, mean, that's a, a way of trivializing or dismissing conflicts. Just to see them as a kind of reversion to you know some presumptive uh, brutality. And I also think that's problematically racialist, since that often happens in third world conflicts. And, in, and the, you w- mentioned this uh, the,
0: Ru- in the Rwanda moment in your article.
1: Yes, and I I I, I spent my my wife was uh, was was a the protection coordinator for the International Committee of the Red Cross. In Kigali in in in, in ninety four and I accompanied her for part of the time. I'm sorry, um, in 2004. It was 10, <laughs> yes. 10 years. Sorry, nineteen ninety four is a fateful year in Rwanda. Um, and I, I you know, and I, I had also I I I I had spent um, some significant time in Colombo, um, looking at at at, at, at uh, in the period, um, sort of in the, in in the midst of the Sri Lankan civil war. Um i actually traveled to to, to Jaffna in nineteen eighty three the, the only white person for miles around yeah with a, i mean it was an interesting journey and then an interesting experience in jaffna um, and I, I i said i i i suppose i developed a a fascination for conflict zones um not because you know they, they, they were um Terrible and awful, and 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 and, and uh, you know, deserving of, of of far more resources and attentions than they generally attention than they generally got. I mean, I you know, I, I mean, I think conflict resolution is 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 um, a critical uh, endeavor. Although I think that there are multiple problems with the way it, in which it has been institutionalized and organized and industrialized, but I won't come on to that now. But I, but I I, I, I do think. You know, c- conflict zones um, are a fundamental challenge to the political imagination, um, and they need to be understood in that way. Right? So the kinds of issues that are raised in conflicts um, generally go to the heart of the design of the polity, right? So the, 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 the question in Sri Lanka, we it happen to have you know, come upon it, right? It was... Um, W- w- was not you know the, the 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 um or was not merely the redress of the long standing di- uh, uh, grievances and discontents of the Tamil minority um i mean it certainly was that but it was the the the, the sentiment, central I- issue um as i saw it and as i've continued to see it was the you know the flawed design of the sri lankan state um that this was a state that was just not fit for purpose it didn't work it didn't function and therefore um needed to be overhauled needed to be reconstituted um, <laughs> yeah. so so uh, the, the 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 Sri Lankan conflict was revelatory of the kind of operative defects in the political imagination and 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 suggested other possibilities and ways of remedying those those defects and and, and, and uh, re-energizing the political imagination. So I, yeah. right, So I so uh, rather than a kind of reversion to barbarism, I I, I see conflict zones as a kind of call to imagination or re- reimagination. And the ju- and the judicial lens is a good one to look at,
0: um, the legal lens. Is a good prism to look at
1: conflict zones from to see how one can reconstitute it. Is that perhaps? Uh, yes. You... I, I, w- while we're on the subject of the personal, I mean, I, 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 I would be remiss if I didn't invoke the name of Nilan Thilachilvama, who, 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 who whom I came to know when I was a, a law student at Harvard, and, and who is a very significant influence in, 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 in my life and development, and invited me to Colombo um, when I was at, I, after my first year. And hosted me there. And who, uh, for those listeners who don't know who he was, he was a, an extraordinary thinker and, and lawyer and um, reformer constitutionalist um, who was assassinated by the LTT in 1999. So you spent about four months in Sri Lanka, if I remember. That's At that you, time, yes. That was my first visit, yeah.
0: yeah. And then you went back again. Yes. So there again, red nappy baby... Soviet Central Asia Sri Lanka. So much as you say that there is no general pattern to your interests, there seems to be this w- line
1: of. Well, what, <laughs> I'm have just trying to say, find what, a genealogy what, for no reason. Maybe <laughs> one of the more intriguing things that I discovered in my, my Sri Lankan travels was 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 was, was the, um, the the history and, and 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 fortunes and continued existence of of, of, of a. Uh, Thriving Trotskyist tendency. Um, so I was uh, the, 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 the And as a matter of fact, um, I, I discovered a, a number of 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 of, um, of people who became friends who had had Soviet experience similar to mine. One of it. The- no wonder you found a natural home at
0: Soas. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, again, and um, for that
1: matter, I, I, I when I was in Kigali. Um, I, I was introduced to a group of 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 of, of friends through uh, an associate of, of 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 my partners who worked at the ICRC, um, who had all been beneficiaries of, of, of Soviet largesse, you know, to to, to 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 the Third World, and had studied in Moscow. And because my my my, my Russian was robust and my French was not, um, I wound up, you know, in extended. I was I plugged into a this sort of Russophone Rwandan circle, um, so I was taken all around Kigali, um, speaking Russian with uh, with these Rwandans who had all done their their, their stint in 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 uh, Patrice Lumumba University, I think, as it was styled, uh, and I, I by the way the the the, the, the you know, since I'm trying to be uh, critical and reflective here, I, I mean, they're... they're, they're uh, conversational. I, I, and conversational. I don't want to let, you, you know, th- 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 this is a reference to, to, to Soviet educational outreach to... to, to, to oh, the, it was immense, you know. It, it was extru- but yeah. it was also intensely problematic because it was deeply racialized. And you know, I mean, it was noble and, 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 and problematic at the same All time. All I but
0: remember is that, you know, coming from a very poor household, only books we could afford, were of Soviet writers. I would get Tolstoy for two rupees and Enid Blyton for 14. So all I could buy uh, was Soviet writers, and that's what my father bought for me. So, you know, um, so so problematic as it was, it was affordable.
1: Yes, which is a very important point. It was was affordable. In the third world, it was important. Um, And it was also, also, I I mean, and here again, I I mean, let me just jump on this because I I, want to make clear the connections between my Soviet interests on the one hand and the post my postcolonial interests on the on the other, which have always been sort of deep and abiding, but which I see as congruent, because I I mean I I, I think it was no accident that many in the, the, the anti colonial struggle um, looked to the Soviet Union not not just for support but 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 for inspiration and And, and, and also and, as an alternative as an alternative right because it was it was the only alternative modernity on exhibit at the time and in operation and that goes back to my legal institutional point that this was a functioning system this was another way of how to do uh, modernity and in this instance post-colonial modernity.
0: Indeed, and, and a, a part of the I, I, I mean uh, what we read in school was that India and the leaders were deeply influenced uh, by it. And the non-land movement kind of was part of that entire struggle of trying to do things.
1: No, and The Indian Union itself was established with the Soviet Union in view. Uh, and the, the very creation of, you know, uh, setting up the Indian Union on the basis of ethno-linguistic states okay. was an idea that had been borrowed from the Bolsheviks who innovated it. it was the, talking about constitution, the whole idea of setting up um, uh, th- th- this elaborate um ethno-subnationalist structure, right, where you had um, all of these independent—well, all of these um, autonomous—let's we'll leave that in the word, but <laughs> moment uh, soviet socialist republics, which were effectively homelands to titular or majority um, ethnic nations. I mean, was it was 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 a radical approach to culture to the to 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 the constitutionalization and juridification of culture um which you know, has had uh, all sorts of 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 uh consequences good and bad um but was an extraordinary constitutional innovation or sort of uh, extension of the constitutional imagination i mean setting up the, uh, uh, you know autonomous ethnic homelands i mean I, you know <laughs> i said it's had good and bad uh consequences so it's not it, 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 it's not by accident that the 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 uh, national party of south africa you know cr- devised the name bantustan right stan uh, of course being a, 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 a an asian um ethnonym or I, I, rather a, 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 a an asian um term For a country or a state. Scott, I'm
0: coming to the end of our time, sadly. Um, you uh, recently mentioned to me that, you know, how SAAS became a kind of spiritual home to you. Um, and today you are the head of SLGM, which is Law, Gender and Media. It's a new uh, formation. Uh, in in interdisciplinarity. I can't even pronounce it very well. But just for the prospective student uh, who is thinking of coming to SAWAS, studying law, gender or media, we're not the biggest school in the world. We're not the best equipped, but we do things which interest students. Could you just spell out a little bit what a student might come here for and what will they get? Well, I... (laughs) Big question, right at the end.
1: Right, well, I like to, 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 I I often begin my welcome talks and my open day talks um, for students with with, with the so-called inverted map of the world, right? With with, with the southern hemisphere on top and the northern hemisphere on the bottom. Um, And and I, I use that as a sort of Uh, as a device for talking about conventions and power hierarchies and representation and the last 500 years of history, etc. But it's very much that inverted um, cartography is is very much the view from Soas. I mean, this is unusual in being a northern institution um, which has a kind of southern predicate and a southern perspective and, 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 and a southern angle um and obviously uh, that that's a dangerous assertion right it's a, because I, it, 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 it it derives that you know focus and 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 perspective from uh, colonial history i mean it was set up as a colonial institution in the first place or colonialist institution um, I've often thought that, you know, it's it, 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 like the NAACP, SOAS is now an acronym, right? It's, 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 indeed. It's, I mean, indeed, so, it so, so, so it's been told de, me that, has been yes. de-orientalized. Yes, and been that's completely a, de-orientalized, right, yes. But yes. I, you know, I, I often, th- you know, given its history, it should probably have been called SOAS, right? The European School for Oriental and, Af- Oriental and African Studies because it was always, I mean, in, in some fundamental sense, a Eurocentric institution, right? So, um, what, w- how does it decolonize, which is a you know challenge that we're all facing now, right? And we're, there's a decolonizing SOAS project and a decolonizing SOAS panel. this has been, but what is it, it, what is the decolonial as opposed to the post-colonial really and or the anti-colonial mean for an institution like SOAS, which has this charged and complicated history? Um, I, you know and, and, I, and I think that, that, that precisely because it's was a colonialist institution in the first place, um, and has made you know, post-colonial studies so integral an aspect of its general profile, scholarly profile, that, that decolonizing has a particular resonance and, 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 and particular significance um, for SOAS because it's so much of it is about um, self-interrogation and, 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 and self-reconfiguration. Um, and I'm excited to be part of that. I mean, I think that's an ongoing process. I think that's reflected in everything we do and teach. Um, I mean, I think, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I'm really proud of the fact that, 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 that I'm a vanishing breed as a white male at SOAS. Um, and, and, and that increasingly, you know, we, 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 we all come from the places we study. Um, and that's certainly true of, 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 of law, gender, and media and my colleagues that, 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 that we're no longer SOS. You know, we, 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 we are um, in, in, in increasingly Asian and African scholars of Asia and Africa. Yeah. The final question, and this is
0: the one you'll have fun with. Three favorite books in recent times? Uh, this uh, three is difficult to choose, so think carefully.
1: Um, Okay, I, 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 I mean, I, well, I, I actually, I, I, will, I will not think carefully. I will think spontaneously right. and <laughs> instinctively because it might be more interesting. Um, one is a book um, by. Um, it's about uh, Constant, uh, the 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 Dutch uh, painter architect architect painter with a. Um, called uh, the hyperarchitecture of modernity. Um, I, I've been reading about Situationism, and then and, and then um, I realized belatedly that that, that, that that Constant was a with uh, Guy Debord and was a Situationist founder. But I became fascinated with New Babylon, which was you know his his project for. You're talking about reconstitution and reconstruction. This was his idea for the essentially the remaking of the built world and the social world all at the same time. So, um, I, and I just found this sort of an endlessly compelling uh, account um, by by uh, the uh, who is it, uh, Wiggler, who I think is the the, the the dean of the Columbia School of Architecture with um, this, this this amazing uh history of this uh, project whose, whose utopianism in a sense was its point so it was you know and, and because um because uh constant was trained as a painter and, and it was he, he he devised these incredibly uh, gorgeous and beautiful and meticulous um models i mean unlike i mean which are works of art i mean unlike you know the sort of the, the, the standard architect's models these are just extraordinary um artistic productions in their own right with a um and he kept this rolling for you know almost a good two decades um but it was it it, it, it was never um and he talked about it endlessly he would present it he would you know theorize about it and he would work it out in 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 these scale models and in in, in drawings. I mean, he went back to painting at the end. Um, but he 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 sort of assumes the 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 pose and the persona of an architect for the purposes of elaborating this sort of grand vision of you know complete social reconstruction. So this, this the 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 structure would be elevated on 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 pylons. Um, and everything in it would be uh, temporary and rearrangeable and modular and, you know, with the idea that that would entail a complete transformation of social relations, which would be equally changeable and modular. Right? So you could do any, you know, this would be a, 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 a world and a, and a built environment and an infrastructure for play, not work. So it was sort of radically anti-capitalist. And, um that's one, <laughs> yeah, and really beguiling, although <laughs> although i it, it, you know it, it, the way he worked it out, it could be argued to be just as sort of you know uh, totalitarian you know particularly in its you know in, 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 in its uh, transcultural you know insistence on universality back to universality right? so even as 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 a species of radical universality, it was still problematically universal, okay, that's one um What's another one? Um, Gee, there have been so many lately. With um, Elizabeth Hinton's book, uh, America on Fire, um, which is a reappraisal and a sort of radical reinterpretation of the so-called uh, riots in, 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 in US uh, inner cities and ghettos from the, you know, Sixties from Watts in '65 on, you know, on 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 through um, uh, Miami in 1980, you know, when Los Angeles '92. I mean, this sort of this three-decade-long period, which she sees as, uh, you know, insurrectionary in the proper sense, as a, and she and she, she she understands these as rebellions, not riots. So riots as a as a kind of pejorative way of framing them, which was the you know. The standard way, and she makes a very strong and compelling case for their significance as political rebellions, political and social rebellions against a manifestly unjust uh, social and political order. Um, right, so that's the. And, one, the, perf- final and the final one. The final one. This is really. About...
0: Let's mention our favorite book. Zubov, age of surveillance.
1: All right, well, that was some time back. Yeah, that, okay, okay. Take it back. No, okay.
0: I'm giving you, yeah,
1: back to you. Shoshana Zuboff, yeah. uh, uh, surveillance capitalism. Yes, surveillance capitalism. Um, it. Yeah, which is this is just wonderful. We, uh, we we've discussed this, but it's it's this wonderful characterization of this new mode of capitalism right you know this is the age of surveillance capitalism you know this is this is uh so it turns out that the the final stage of capitalism is not uh, finance capitalism as was once upon a time supposed um or imperialism but in fact Surveillance capitalism, which is an entirely, which is a, a, a new frontier of commodification, commodifying people's preferences and 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 behavioral choices, which are then sort of uh, you know m- m- sold on um, to advertisers, right? And 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 the deeply subversive um, and also sort of endlessly inventive uh, dimensions of, of 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 this new thing, which. You yeah know, but that was
0: my interruption so i'm going to let you have a thread
1: all right so so um okay oh but um yeah another i i i i i have been reading uh, the works of of, of, of uh, uh francis Ponge, um who, who is this um one off uh, absolutely singular um french Poet and, and 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 that really doesn't do justice to him. It's just it's just, it, um, just as Constant was it, it was you know ostensibly an architect or a painter-architect, but 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 also a utopian thinker at the same time. So Ponge, who who wrote these sort of extraordinary prose poems about um, ordinary objects, um, is his, his first published work, um, and he began to write in the in the thirties um was le parti-pris des choses the 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 the, um, the, the, the sort of the, it's translated various ways but 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 um the side taken by things um or the side of things or the and 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 and, and uh, he's always been subject to you know some sort of contesting inter- interpretations you know is he a phenomenologist um or is he a a, a a a a linguistic philosopher and it's impossible to say and you know, Derrida who wrote a wonderful gave a wonderful talk about him um called Signepond, or Bond, where he played on on his name and the significance of proper names and sort of destabilized and deconstructed um the significance of 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 proper names um which i also Came across in my you know, in my in my poems reading, he wrote an entire book about soap, um, which and 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 his imagination of soap and its significance is as much about soap as a physical object as it is about soap as a metaphor for for for, for language and discourse, um, you know, which is which 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 is. Um, constantly disappearing as it uh, transforms and cleanses. Um, yeah, so that's another, that's the third one.
0: Thank you, Scott. We've come to the end of the show. Thank you for coming down. My pleasure. Making Sense was produced by Andy Glenn, and the music was by Georgie Pope. The recording was done at SOAS. If you have any thoughts or suggestions about the show, my email ID is sb127 at servas.ac.uk. I look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for listening.